Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hello, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. Do you remember your first time? Were you alone or was it with somebody else? I'm talking about when you bought your first property. And for some of you, this may be something that you're looking at, dreaming of, wishing, wanting to know how to do it. Today's guest in the studio is Joseph from With Finance. And he's a bit of a specialist, actually. He's been doing a lot of work, actually, I know lately, with first home buyers. So welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast. Hello. What's your definition of a first home buyer? Well, my definition of a first home buyer is somebody who hasn't owned a property in Australia before. But there are different definitions with the different schemes that we will get into later in the show. There are different definitions and eligibility criterias so the first time owner's grant means that you haven't owned a home in Australia. So you may have owned an investment property for this one. But my definition personally is you haven't owned a property in Australia. You haven't, okay. You know, right. um, I actually have some clients who come to me and say, look, I actually own a property in South Africa. We're getting the, the funds from the sale of that. Am I a first time buyer? And I, I reassure them that, yes, well, you haven't owned a property in Australia, so you will be able to get some of the benefits, uh, you know, you may be eligible for the schemes and you are a first home buyer in Australia, so welcome. Now, I'll point out here that you are uh, Sydney, New South Wales based. The grants and, and provisions, are they the same Australia wide? No, so each, each state has kind of their own little benefits. There is a national scheme. So there's the, the first home guarantee, has also different divisions, which is like the family home guarantee and the regional home guarantee. And we'll get into what it's about later, but that is nationwide yeah. with different property price thresholds for yeah. each different state and well, city versus region as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. an interesting thing. Yeah, so so it's, it's not like a one size. Is that the same in New South Wales as well? Yeah. So in New South Wales, there's a price threshold of about 900000 for the for the cities. Yeah. And then there's a lower threshold for the regional parts of New South Wales. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. I guess if you're spending $900,000 in a regional town in New South Wales, you might have the, one of the you, biggest properties you, over there. You probably own the town. You know, yeah, so yeah. I guess they have to have those. Yeah, uh, well, $900,000 in Sydney at the moment and you're getting yourself a phone box. Yeah, Yeah. well, um, <laughs> it's not going to be too close to the city unless you are getting a phone box. Yeah. But I guess different buyers have different wants and needs. Okay. Some some prefer location and, you know, some are looking to start a family and they're happy to go a little bit further out west or down south to be able to get a bigger property to raise children in, I guess. Yeah. So when we're talking about these, there, there is, um, you're saying there's a difference between a first home buyer and a first time property buyer. Again, it goes back to the schemes. So some, some schemes have eligibility to say that you can't have owned any property in Australia. Yep. A couple of the schemes say that you could have owned property, but you couldn't have owned a residential property or a home. Yep. So it's like different divisions versus just for different 
you know, schemes and benefits in place. All right. So what if you've got a, uh, you've met the the love of your life, um, you know, I've owned a property before, um, you know, you know whether it's a, a home or whatever, uh, you know, I sold it a few years ago, met the love of your life now and you're going to go and buy that family home together. The, the love of your life has never owned any property anywhere in the universe before. Can you still get the first homeowner's grant? Unfortunately not. No. No, because you're a couple now. Unfortunately, if your partner has owned a property in Australia and you're purchasing a property together, it makes you not a first-time buyer. Right. You don't get the same benefits because it is in the eligibility. It is you or your spouse has never owned a property, whether that's residential a home, depending on the scheme again. So this person, you've really got to make sure they are the love of your life, okay, when you're, when you're moving forward. So if you've, you've never bought before and your new partner has, right, then that's, that's, that's going to show the love for each other. You've really. given up your benefits. Now, if I've bought a property then in New South Wales and I'm now relocating to Queensland, can I have the first homeowner's grant because I'm moving to Queensland? I feel like you're trying to bend the rules here, but <laughs> no, you can't, you can't. No, it's okay. Australia-wide. Right, so it's an Australia-wide thing. And these things are obviously there's paperwork that's got to be filled out? Yeah, well, uh, there's a first home buyer declaration. Yep. And that will go through to say, you know, I have never owned a property in Australia. This is my spouse or de facto partner who we are purchasing property together. This will be on the application. They've never owned a property so there are, there are different questions and a statutory declaration at the end of it that needs to be witnessed by a, a JP or solicitor okay. to make it all official and uh, promise you're not lying. Let's say then, um, hypothetically, I am a proper first home buyer really? and, uh, and I bought this property. You've helped me. You've done all the finance for me. Thanks ever so much. And I've got my property here. But then uh, a job opportunity comes up in Western Australia and I need to move. Have I got to go and sell my new apartment or can I rent it out while I move over to Western Australia for two years? Okay, so that depends on how soon after you bought it really. Right. The, the definition to, to get some of the schemes or grants is that you have to live in the property for at least six months within the first 12 months to benefit. So really, if you bought very recently, and yep. you were going to move out and make it an investment property, you kind of lose those privileges. Right. You know, you, you might have to pay the stamp duty or give back the, the first homeowner's grant. I feel like we need to tell everybody what these grants and schemes are because we keep referring to them. We, we do. We, we do. Give me the good oil then on these grants. Okay. So the first one is the first home buyer assistance scheme. Now this one is, has everything to do with stamp duty. And that's actually changing soon, so we'll get into that in a second. But as of the 2022 to 2023 financial year, if you're purchasing a property under $650,000 as a first-time buyer in Australia, mm -hmm. then you are exempt from stamp duty. Right, so stamp duty. That's the tax on the purchase price. Yes. We've covered this in previous episodes. And if you haven't heard it, <laughs> go and listen. <laughs> um, so it's an exemption, which means you pay zero stamp duty, zero dollars in stamp duty. Cool. And then up to $800,000, there is a concession. So it's kind of tiered at the moment. So basically there's a bit of a rule of thumb. For every $10,000 above the six fifty, you pay about $2,000 in stamp duty. Okay. Roughly, that's how we've worked it out to be. So if you're paying, you're buying a property for $750,000, it works out to be about $20,000 in stamp duty for a first-time buyer as of today's date. That's, that's a considerable saving. 
It is. Well, it would definitely it would be thirty thousand. I've done the maths before. This isn't all in my head, <laughs> um, but it would be that's a ten thousand dollar saving. Yeah. But as of the first of July, twenty twenty three, that's changing. For the better or for the worser? Oh, it's for the better. For the better. Okay, definitely. cool. So up until eight hundred thousand dollars, we have a a full stamp duty exemption. Mm-hmm. So these people that were about to spend twenty thousand dollars on stamp duty for a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase. It's now exempt up until eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow! And then between eight hundred thousand dollars and a million dollars, there is now the concession in place. Wow! So it's, it's, it's massive. It's moved in line with really the the shift in the in, in the metro cities price oh. increases. Well, if you're talking about deposit sizes and things like that, twenty thousand dollars of a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase, you're getting close to another five percent. Mm. You know, it's not five percent, thirty-five or. Th- $40,000 would be 5%, but um, you're getting very close to that. So you can either increase your deposit or you may not have been able to get into the property market yet because you only had the 5%. So now if you're purchasing an $800,000 property with 5%, that's $40,000, and you don't need the extra twenty dollars or $30,000 in stamp duty just to make the purchase. Yeah. Get yeah. into it a lot sooner. That's the whole idea of, of the original first homeowner's grant is to help a yeah. little bit of a leg up into the uh, into the property market. Exactly. Now, have they still got to be new properties? So you mentioned the first homeowners grant, which is now another scheme, right? And that one is for brand new properties. It's a ten thousand dollar grant, but the property price threshold for that one is six hundred thousand dollars, right? Which there isn't much in Sydney. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of my first home buyers looking and they're like, look, we, we, we can't purchase for anything under $600,000 that is brand new because without giving too much property advice, to be brand new and $600,000, it has to be quite a small unit and probably not too close to the city to fit that criteria. But yeah, that is the first homeowner's grant. Now, the first homeowner's grant is the one that specifies that you cannot have owned a home in Australia before, which is a little bit ambiguous, but also might suggest that you could have owned an investment property and still be eligible for the grant. But it's case by case. Okay, yeah. Cool. So it's it's always good to to check the relevant yes, definitely the, the documents. We'll just call out, you know, call up your broker yeah. or Revenue New South Wales, and they have a little bit more, you know, information on those hotlines, or you could speak to somebody over there. Now it's time for a little word from today's podcast sponsor. Lou Wealth Property is the go-to hub for property investment education events. If you're new to investing and aren't sure if it's the right financial choice or you just don't know where to get started, our Wealth Through Property event is perfect for you. Upcoming Wealth Through Property events. On the 29th of June, it's live in Sydney CBD at the Hilton Hotel on George Street. On the 5th of July, it goes to Sydney's northern beaches at the DY RSL. All events start at 7pm, going for 90 minutes, with question and answer time after every single event. Go to bluewell.com.au and book your spot now. Now, there's a third part to all of this as well? Yes. So now we have the first home guarantee, which used to be called the first home loan deposit scheme, FHLDS. Yes, that's right. Yes. Now, this one works with the government acting as a guarantor for the purchaser. For this grant or scheme, you need a minimum 5% deposit, which needs to be genuine savings. Now, genuine saving means, means you have to have saved it yourself. You can't have being gifted a 5% deposit and being able to use that as your deposit. But 
if you hold it in your account for three months, it is then deemed genuine savings. So that helps if you've actually been gifted the money. Right. And if you've been gifted the money, congratulations. It's, you know, a nice little... Good. But they want to see then, obviously, you've got to supply the paperwork for that and they want they want to look at the statements to make yeah. sure you haven't been taking bits out no, of that. Yeah, no, they want to see that you've held, you've held that 5% in your account for three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and the government acts as a guarantor. So instead of being required to pay lenders mortgage insurance, which is a one-off payment made to the lender. We had another show about that okay, as well. Okay, I'm yeah. glad. So so put, I'll put a link in the in the profile. Okay, that. without needing to pay that anymore, uh, the government acts as a guarantor. So you, you're exempt from paying lender's mortgage insurance provided that you live in the property right. as a first-time owner again. Now, this one has different property price thresholds for different states. Now, in Sydney, if you're purchasing in the city of Sydney, the price threshold is $900,000. Okay. Which is a lot more reasonable than six hundred thousand. Yep, uh, it allows you to get into you know a, a nice two or three bedroom unit, or you know you might be able to purchase some land out west and you know have a have a nice home for your future family. Yep, I've I've had a lot of applications for the first home guarantee because it's allowing people to legitimately purchase with a five percent. Now, if you're purchasing at eight hundred and you're not going to have to pay stamp duty after the 1st of July, now you can literally get into a property with 5% plus a couple more thousand, obviously, for your legal fees and, you know, settlement costs. But it's really opening up the gateway for first-home buyers to get into their property sooner. So tell me, with all of these schemes, which people don't have to remember the ins and outs of all of this, that's what you lovely brokers are for (laughs) for all of this, I'll point out. But with all of these schemes as well, from the application point of view off to the lenders, it's still the same process then. You've still got to like have a job, show your income, um, not yeah. have you know bad credit or and you've still got to to meet the normal servicing criteria that banks have. Is, is there specific products in bank land for first home buyers? Yes, so to answer your question, you do have to meet all of the, the different criterias. I forgot to mention that in the first home guarantee, there is a pro, uh, income threshold. So if you earn too much money, you won't be eligible for that scheme as well. Right. Okay. What's that? That's $125,000 for a single applicant yep. and $200,000 for a couple. Okay. Now, there are some changes to this scheme as well coming up. I, have, I'm not, I haven't forgotten your question, but there, yeah. there are some changes to the first home guarantee. This year, as of the 2022 to 2023 financial year, the couple must be a de facto or marriage partnership. But as of the new financial year, 1st of July, you can actually purchase with a sibling or a friend oh. and still be eligible for the first home guarantee. So that's, I mean, that's, we had another show on that as well about, you know, buying with other people yeah. that, that are not your, you know, life partner, married partner or, or anything. So that's a, that's an interesting conversation, something that definitely needs to be um, nutted out with the appropriate yeah, person, a uh, mortgage broker as yeah. well, to look at the, the advantages and disadvantages of that too. There definitely are both in that scenario. So back to my question then about the lending products. Are there specific, are there only products that you can deal, you know, have at banks or are you open to whatever products that they've got? There's different products, uh, obviously, for different buyers in general. As a first-home buyer, there are some banks that like to help out the first-home buyers Mm -hmm. per se. So there are banks offering or wanting to help out first-home buyers per se. Uh, some banks were offering like a cashback 
of, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to cover your legal fees and things like that. Okay. And then there'd be other banks that would offer LMI incentives, you know, whether that's no LMI for with a 10% deposit up to a 90% LVR, or there were a couple of banks offering a $1 LMI scheme for purchases for first time buyers specifically. It's hardly worth getting the money for that, is it? For a dollar. <laughs> less than a coffee. You can't yeah. mean, I'm pretty sure 7-Eleven raised their, their dollar coffee to $2 now. So <laughs> LMI for a dollar is a pretty good deal. Yeah, no, it's not bad. But you have to have a 15% deposit for that right. one. Okay. Which is still quite a substantial savings. Whether If you're using a 15% deposit on a regular loan, uh, you'd still spend a few thousand dollars on lender's mortgage insurance at that, te- at that tier, depending on the property price and loan amount. So to, to get it for a dollar is a is quite a good benefit for the first home buyers. You know, all jokes aside, you've got to crunch the numbers in the background and and, oh, and not yeah. just be not just get all starry eyed because you're only going to pay a dollar for LMI. There's it's obviously gonna it works for some people and not for others. Exactly. Definitely uh, speak to a broker because that that specific lender may not be your best option. Can we include rental income into the serviceability? You won't use rental income if you're a first home buyer because this needs to be your home. Oh. Okay. So if we go back to what a first home buyer is, it is a, a buyer purchasing their home to live in. Right. And now to get the first home buyer assistance scheme or to get the first homeowner's grant or to be eligible for the first home guarantee, you must live in the property. All the schemes are a minimum of six months within the first 12 months. And others are for actually 12-month period, you must live in that property. So you can't use rental income. You're not renting out the property, you're living in it yourself. Right. Rental income would change your servicing and things like that. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation okay. for investors. All of this scheme, is it policed after? Because you've you, you got to sign documents, but do they check up on what people are actually doing with the properties? I've definitely heard of scenarios where people have been caught out for not living in the property or you know renting out that property themselves. Because, yeah, they can. They're allowed to check. They're allowed to uh, knock on the door and ask, is so-and-so home? And if they don't actually live there, then you might be in a bit of trouble. And that could mean paying back the first homeowner's grant, which is $10,000, or it may mean paying back your stamp duty that you saved. And now if you're purchasing at seven fifty or 800000 that's twenty or $30,000. I hope you haven't spent that. <laughs> <laughs> the first homeowner's grant, might I mention, is the, the $10,000 is really set for purchasers looking to to help them out getting to the, getting into the property you know whether that's a you know for furniture or you know just some of the completion costs it can't be used for a deposit that $10,000 right or it can't be used for your genuine savings part of your deposit right okay okay yeah. because that's not yours yet yep it can be used for the remainder of your deposit or some of your legal fees and settlement costs for the majority of it it's a grant just as an incentive to help you move in, to get you that furniture, to get you into that property, to get into your first home. So you don't actually get a check for $10,000, you know, um, it, it's used as part of your funds towards the purchase. It can be used as your funds towards the purchase, but the remainder of those funds will be transferred into your account. So you can use that for furniture and other pro- And, other and a large part of that should be used for taking your broker out for lunch. Hey, I think that's not a bad option, <laughs> you know. He's probably worked pretty hard for you guys. There's an... Awful lot to know about all of this. Have you got some cheat notes on this? Have you got something that people can read through? I actually have a 10-step guide to purchasing your first property on my website. You do? I do. All right. We're going to put a link to your website for that. Yep. Um, And if you're listening, it's withfinance.com.au. But um, we will 
have the link up there. <laughs> we will. Thank you, Joseph, for coming in today and talking to us about being a first home buyer and the first home buyer's grants. We'll put a link in the show notes because it does differ from state to state and yep. territory to territory. You need to speak to a relevant expert about all of this. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And we'll see you again next week for another edition of the Clever Investor Podcast. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au. Do you remember your first time? Was it? Don't laugh while I'm doing the intro. <laughs> All right, we're on. We're on. Okay. That does it. That makes you you're a not a. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs>